it's so helpful to hear people talk about it in a very open way because i think that's where the shame comes down is if you're authentically connecting with people through that experience you don't really you can release some of that shame a little bit easier because you're connecting with someone hi i'm hannah jane And I'm Sierra, and this is Detached. We're two women in our mid-20s who have a lot to say about literally everything. We try to focus on what we have learned through our emotional and spiritual growth. We're here to have open, vulnerable, and sometimes pretty hard conversations with each other. Just a reminder, we don't speak for any 12-step programs. All we have are our own stories to share. We are so excited to go on this journey with you all. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Detached. I'm Hannah Jane and I have a really special guest today. I have Gayla Kay, who is my best friend, sister, sister from another sister from back home. Um, She means (laughs) the world to me. Gayla, I'm so excited you're here. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so proud of you and I'm just so happy to join you on this journey. This is, Thanks for having me. Oh my God. Thank you for, I am so honored that you're here because not only is this woman with me, does not only does she have so much wisdom, but <laughs> she is a YouTuber, right? Um, so I think it's, I can't wait to talk about your YouTube and what you're doing because um, mm. Gayla's YouTube she talks about everything from growing up with a hoarder parent to what emotional effects linger afterwards to separation anxiety from significant others. So I think there's just so much that we can talk about. And oh, yeah, let's unpack it all. Let's unpack it all. And <laughs> Sierra actually created this amazing form to send to people that we interview. And mm-hmm. Gayla responded and her responses were just so beautiful. And <laughs> so, so I did it all. They they really really were, and um, under any accomplishments, you know, anecdotes, noteworthy things that we should include in your introduction, which I'm giving now. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like you're so humble. You're one of like the most humble humans that I that I know. You really okay? Are. All right. <laughs> in your you were like none. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just I find that an insane answer because I know you as a person and Mm -hmm. I know the things that you've done. And I am just like continually shocked with how much you were giving to the universe. And I think, (laughs) you know, it's true, Uh, (laughs) but I'm really excited, excited to talk about your YouTube and how it's grown into this community of people who have shared experiences Mm. and I think that's really cool because that's kind of what we're doing here at Good Old Detached. Yes, Um, I really think you both are doing such an amazing job with that. Thank you. Well, we appreciate it. And I really liked your answer kind of further down (laughs) under the any accomplishments, blah, blah, blah. Um, But (laughs) shedding the shame of that trauma by connecting with others who understand. Hmm. I just, what a beautiful thing that you said. So thank you for giving that God wink off to me so we can talk about it. But I think it could be a really interesting starting point 
maybe if you want to go into how you started this YouTube channel, how this trauma has affected you throughout your life, because I've known you for, oh my God, over 10 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we're old when you say that. We're so old. But yes. like, we're beautiful. We're, we're aging in wisdom and we love it. Mm-hmm, we do. We do. I think, you know, because there were a lot of things back then that you didn't share with me that you've shared with me of recent Mm -hmm. um, and with your community. So maybe we could talk about, you know, where you were, where you are now, how you got here with this YouTube channel and kind of what you're doing with that and how that's evolving for you. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you so much for giving me that such a generous introduction. Um, not generous. It's the truth. Thank well, you. <laughs> well, I'll say that I really feel the the love that you're offering to me. And I so appreciate it because you're such an important person in my life. And like you said, even though I haven't, um, I didn't have the words or the ability to express what was going on in my childhood to you when we were children together growing up. Um, you're just someone who just holds so much space and has so much capacity for understanding that. Of course, you're the person I talk to about these things now. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I just think it's a beautiful thing what you guys are doing with Detached and talking about um, alcoholism to wanting to be creative and being not a perfectionist and appreciating like who we are authentically. So I am so happy to be here. Um, to touch on the YouTube, I I think my intention with it was to... Um, talk about things that people are are usually afraid to talk about and want to say anonymous when they do talk about it, like growing up with a parent who's a hoarder and what that experience is like, because a lot of children who are hoarders usually are conditioned to keep it a secret. And I think that's a really good parallel to people like yourself and Sierra who have experienced alcoholism either in their family or personally it's so helpful to hear people talk about it in a very open way because i think that's where the shame comes down is if you're authentically connecting with people through that experience you don't really you can release some of that shame a little bit easier because you're connecting with someone i think the the conversation about shame is so important especially Mm -hmm. you know with a hoarder parent with alcoholism wherever that shows up in life addiction Mm -hmm. because you know I think as children, especially, we kind of create these facades of how Mm -hmm. you have to act in the world Uh um, about having to hide whatever is happening, you know, at home, whatever was happening for you at that time. And, you know, I guess what kind of work have you done to kind of help shed that shame? And (laughs) I know we're going to- Oh my God, my eyes just got so big when you said that. What work have I done? (laughs) You've done so much. And that's why I want to bring that into the conversation Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, it's very, it's so easy for us to talk about like, oh, well, you know, you just shake it off, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in one year, two years, five years, 10 years, you know, like that is lifetime work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's work that we're both doing in different ways. And, you know, like I've been talking about Al-Anon and that kind of work I've done. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really interested to kind of hear what kind of work you've been doing um, around, you know, that shame that you've carried for so long and mm-hmm. 
I have so many questions, but I'll give you. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just. This is like such a such a good topic. Yeah. No, I'm so glad that you have questions. In terms of work, before posting the first YouTube video I posted, which was probably about a year ago now, maybe a year and a half ago, um, I did a lot of emotional work in order to get to the place of being able to talk about it openly. And that was with my therapist, who I love dearly and who's like a wonderful person. Um, and she and I have gone on this like really wonderful journey together of unpacking the conditioned thought process that I had in order to survive growing up in that experience. So that could translate to I had core beliefs that I was the problem because I was treated like the problem in growing up with a hoarder parent or um, like this is my fault or I deserve living like this or I shouldn't talk about this. It's like I don't want to bring any shame to my parent who I love dearly. Um, but probably the most important thing that I learned that would be helpful to me was really paying attention to how I felt in moments and acknowledging, oh, I'm nervous in this like social setting. You and I have talked about this a lot, like social anxiety yeah. and putting on a mask for the um, public in order to be deemed as either attractive or friendly or like everything's okay. Um, and I think that's really something that you and I have both shared in terms of overpowering those experiences of not really a happy home life uh, situation or like powering through feelings of shame or inadequacy. Yeah, I think when I started to pay attention to how I felt in those moments, I started to realize, oh, this, this isn't really an accurate depiction of what's going on in the moment. This is something that's coming up from the past. And that's why I'm thinking of this current situation with this outdated perspective now. Oh my God, I love that you said that. Oh yeah. Perspective now. Yes. Yeah, it's uh so Gail and I we're we're sisters, let's be honest. Um, sisters. <laughs> when we met, it was actually our first encounter Wait, was you like, didn't like me when I we first like met. I okay, I literally didn't like you because I thought you didn't like me. All right. That was like some weird oh, no. like, because oh, you were no. like super cool and just this like mm, artsy, like amazing goddess. Oh my God. It's so funny you say that I just was super cool because I think it was really, I just was really shy and quiet. And when people are shy and quiet, you immediately think like, oh my God, there's so much going on in the back of their head. And I'm just like, no, I'm socially anxious. I cannot talk to anyone. <laughs> well, whatever was going on, I was like, oh my God, she's super intimidating. And then <laughs> no. I don't even know how we connected, but we connected. And after that, it was like, all right, game over. Like, please just okay. come over to my house all the time. Yes. Um, yes. But you know, I know that my parents just fell in love with you because of who you no, they did. They did. You know this. <laughs> because of who you are and just like the way that you hold yourself in a space, you, I mean, it's just, it's unreal what this woman can do. And it's a privilege to have you on here. And, <laughs> you know, I think, so I was, I was kind of like on the sidelines while you were developing this YouTube channel. And mm -hmm. I kind of watched you go through so many emotions. You were 
there was oh, like that a is little, right. Yeah, there was like a <laughs> lot of nervousness to kind of share your story because yes. you know of judgment. And that's exactly how I felt with starting detached. I was wow. very, very excited, mm-hmm. but I was really, really nervous because mm-hmm. I was like, who am I to share my story? You know, like why is it important to share? Right. And as Sierra and I kept having conversations it kind of, you know, it like evolved into this, wow, like we have unique perspectives Mm -hmm. as young, as younger women Mm -hmm. to share what we've been through because we've all been through quite a bit, you know, and we have a lot to offer. And I just, I just, it's so, it was so beautiful to kind of watch you go through those emotions to get your YouTube channel where it is now. And I know that you saw me in the background with detached, you know, like I would call you and be like, Oh, I'm, I'm really excited, but like, I'm really nervous. And now I'm like, Oh my God, go listen to the episode. It's so good. (laughs) Yes. Or you don't even tell me. And I'm like, Hannah Jane, this episode's so good. I just listened to it. It's wonderful. I love love it. I love getting (laughs) from like family and friends that I love. And it's just, it's, it lights up my life, but wow. Wonderful. I think that, um, the trauma of growing up with a hoarder parent that you love, how did that, how has that affected, you know, personal relationships? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, that's a great question. Um, and I know we've had so many conversations throughout our life about this. So I might say things that you've already known, but I'm so glad you're asking this anyway. You know, you spoke a lot about when you um, were dealing with romantic relationships with people who would start to show symptoms of struggling with alcohol use and stuff and how that would translate to you as a lack of trust and kind of a panic. Mm -hmm. And I think as someone who is a child of a hoarder, it's kind of similar, but it's more like growing up in um, a hoarder home you're conditioned to keep this secret and you're kind of told like you can't really be basically the message is you can't really be authentic with anyone you can't really talk to people about this really huge issue going on in your life because bad things will happen and you'll be shamed and like all this you know yada 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 so now i've really had to take a look at how i interact with people and really wonder am i being authentic in this moment because A lot of my natural um, coping mechanisms are to go through uh, humor or to, I think I've done this with you several times where we've been on the phone and even recently I've done this, where I'm very reluctant to talk about my life with you, even though I trust you and I love you unconditionally and I know that you feel the same way about me. It's not an intentional thing I'm doing. But it's more like I haven't gotten to the point yet where I feel like I can be very open with people um, and it doesn't come to me very naturally. I have to kind of think about it. And so in terms of developing really authentic and beautiful relationships, I have to put in a lot of effort into sharing because being the recipient of people talking about their life is much easier for me to do that. (laughs) I find that very, very interesting because You know, I think when I was going through what I was going through with my qualifier and their act of alcoholism, I, it was really hard to be authentic because you didn't want 
it was like you didn't want this judgment but it's it's like everything gets so distorted at least for me like everything got so distorted in my brain Mm. of like it is my responsibility to be the image of this relationship you know like I need to hold the front kind of yes you just put words to an experience that I haven't even been able to put words to yet thank you that's so beautiful I mean also horrible but like yeah worded it was perfect well thank you I'm I'm glad that I was able to give you that um but you know I think being authentic it's not easy to be authentic in a world where we're like it's like it's like, don't be authentic, but be authentic, but like not super authentic, just like a little mm-hmm. sprinkle of authenticity. Here. Yeah. And don't go too far. Or you're going to get canceled and shamed for the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, say a little, don't say a lot. You can say this about your life, but don't say this about your life. And yeah, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that too. And it can get really, really stressful of like, just, you know, how to be your authentic self, but also like managing every other person's expectations. I think it was really scary for me when Sierra and I kind of started detached was the fact that I was like, am I going to say something that's going to like hurt someone's feelings? Or am I going to say something that goes too far? Yeah. It's really the fact that like, these are our experiences. These are our stories. And we are, we have the capability to share them. We are allowed to share them because they are ours to hold and to share. And I love what you were saying about authenticity, because when I call you on the phone and we have our weekly (laughs) check-ins, you know, I'll be like, how are you doing? You're like, okay. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Let's go a little further. Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting. I think when you bond with people on a certain level, like, you know, that their response, you're like, we're going further (laughs) with that one. But um, I think it, I think especially as like, you know, of an adult child of an alcoholic and an adult child of a hoarder, Mm -hmm. you know, we've had these experiences where maybe in very unconscious ways, we've, you know, distorted our own authenticity at times Mm. in childhood. And, you know, I think we've obviously both had incredibly different experiences, but I guess, can you speak to, oh my God, and I'm going to cry probably. It's okay. I will hold space with you while you cry. Don't worry. But only because I'm about to talk about little Gayla. Oh my God, are you crying? Because little Gayla, like little Hannah Jane, you know, like our little tiny selves from when we were younger and when we were kids, you know, it's like, how did you show up in life inauthentically? You know, Mm -hmm. I guess that's what I'm wondering when you were a kid, like, do you have specific memories where you were like, wow, that was really me transforming who I was to hold, to be some, to be someone that Mm -hmm. I wasn't to manage an expectation. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. Um, okay. No, I do not have a specific memory of this, Mm -hmm. but what probably happened was I would go into a very like happy, playful mood and kind of put that on as like a show a little bit. And I was also extremely polite as a child, like overly polite and caretaking. I think even when I was younger, I would kind of be the caretaker in the role when I was with my parents. So I kind of just translated that to everywhere. Um, But 
I disassociated a lot throughout my life when I was younger. So I have very few memories of my upbringing. I more have like specific moments or like smells. You are also like that. I see you nodding. Yeah, I can relate. Uh, I don't, I know that that's, you know, a trauma response. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, it's so funny because sometimes I feel a little sad about that. Like I remember uh, there was a, I remember I send Hannah Jane, like the way that I communicate is I send her memes on Instagram. That's like how I like, <laughs> share love with Hannah Jane sometimes. Um, besides like the hour long phone calls that we have, like when we talk about life. But um, <laughs> one of the videos that came up was this, like supposed to trigger your childhood memory of the last day before Christmas break. And there's like holiday cookies and like little like stuff like that. Yeah, it went over her head. But when I sent it to her, I, like, she called me and I was like, crying. And I was like, Hannah Jane, we're not gonna be we're not gonna have those memories. They're gone. Like our little kids was such an insane call. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, no, the holiday cookies. <laughs> like, we're not gonna have Christmas break. Like, we're never I mean, but oh, actually, this just reminds me, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. So I recently, um, during last year's Christmas time, I posted a video on my YouTube about how the holiday season is really hard, especially for kids who um, have like a hoarder situation, either in their household or family household, because um, like you don't have that traditional experience of going to have a wonderful meal and everything's clean and you have, you know, whatever, for Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrate. I wanted to ask you, for someone who has grown up with people who struggle with alcoholism, the holidays usually have alcohol involved. Either there's like everyone's wow. drinking or something. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that like holiday season experience. If you remember memories when you were younger about yeah. that. So interesting. You know, holidays for me have always been so annoying only because I literally hate traveling during the holidays. Oh, I'm like, that's oh, true. Here in airports, whatever. And <laughs> so obviously I don't live very close to my family anymore. So it's right. not like an easy hop, skip and a jump right, <laughs> right. to like those holiday meals. But I really, I don't necessarily like remember every single Christmas Thanksgiving, but alcohol just like wasn't a part of my life at all growing mm -hmm. up. And I remember when it was kind of first introduced, quote unquote, in high school, I was like, what's that? I had like zero clue. And wow. I felt very, not necessarily that I was sheltered, but that it just wasn't really, you know, a conversation in my house about alcohol is like about alcohol, at least because right. something that, you know, anyone partook in my family really. Um, so, you know, when I started getting into relationships with alcoholics, I was noticing that there was a ton of alcohol at these family events. And I was like, is this normal? Because this is a wild experience to like, wow. see it was kind of crazy to like, see people being so openly drunk so early in the day mm. and just like, you know, and then, um, unfortunately I, I saw a lot of like anger associated 
with you know alcohol and that is never a fun thing to see or like family like watching family disputes of like you know ex-partners with where alcohol is involved I was like that's crazy and that's yeah right that wasn't something that I saw growing up I think oh this could be such a cool kind of route we go but um I don't know if you had any fear of becoming a hoarder you know, like I, I had fear of becoming an alcoholic. Right. Um, that was something that was on my mind for mm. so long. Like in college, I, I was always so conscious of that. And it was a really scary thing to me because I know it's, you know, like, oh God, it's a hereditary disease. And right. you no, know, it's, it's a, uh, I was just, I was really, really scared. So it Mm. brought a lot about, it brought about a lot of anxiety when I would drink and Mm -hmm. I would be very conscious of it and being like, am I drinking because I feel like I need it? Or am I drinking because I just like it? And I think I had to do a lot of work of separating my anxiety from like becoming an alcoholic to my anxiety of like drinking, you know, like I had to do a lot of work with separating feelings out. So I know I talked a little bit about, you know, my anxieties around alcoholism and if that would show up in my life, but was that an anxiety for you? Um, You know, when you were a kid or, you know, even as a young adult, was that something that you were very conscious of in your life? Yes. Um, The short answer to that question is yes, 100%. To be honest, I think when growing up in that childhood home, I left around when I was 18 But before then, I didn't even think about it because so much of my mentality was on survival. I was just trying to get through the day and figure out a way to get to school the next day with clean clothes and like a clean head of hair and whatever else I was worried about. Um, But after moving out, I was really, I had to re, I had to learn and teach myself how to take care of space appropriately like how to clean, how to, um, like when to do my laundry. Cause even when I was younger in my childhood home, I was responsible for the laundry. So I would go at strange hours of the night to do it so that no one in my building knew like what I was doing. It was a very weird neurotic thing. Um, but that then translated to how I would take care of my own clothes for myself and my own bed and my own kitchen and everything. And For anyone who is listening to this, who's maybe found this amazing, wonderful podcast hosted by Hannah Jane and Sierra. um, Yes, I had tendencies that were similar to my hoarder parent, and it's easy to release them when you do the emotional work connected to those tendencies. For example, one of them could be like, I had a core belief that people were not safe. And in order to protect myself from people, I made it, um, I made my home almost unavailable to them. Like it wasn't to the extent of my parent, like I wasn't hoarding random things or I wasn't hoarding garbage. But let's say for an example would be, I had a bunch of dishes on my sink and I would be too ashamed to let people come over if the house wasn't absolutely perfect. So in way in which I would make myself unavailable was I wouldn't make the house perfect and people couldn't come over. It was like this kind of learned thing. Yeah. And I'm not trained in any way. Like I'm not trained in this field in any way. I just speak from my own personal experience. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is valid in and of itself. It's so valid in and of itself. A lot of the conditioning that I experienced, I realized I could heal from and release. So it's not like I'll wind up having the same exact house as my parents because after doing the emotional work, it's basically impossible for me to get to that place. I think it's easier to replicate that type of lifestyle if you ignore it, you deny it, and you hide from it, and it kind of festers into like all the dust that's hiding underneath the rug kind of builds and builds and builds. And then the next thing you know, it's exploded into your house. And to share some compassion for the people who are struggling with hoarder disorder or people who struggle with hoarding as a coping mechanism for anxiety and whatever else. That's such an easy way to explain something that's so traumatizing to someone's life of it just like kind of exploding and the next thing you look and your home is filled with like all this crap that you didn't even realize you didn't even notice that you were accumulating because it was such like a like an anxious coping skill that you acquired that you know like you weren't even paying attention to it kind of like how they disassociate too when they're like putting all this crap like together and stuff you know whatever you know what i mean um yes i did i was afraid that i would wind up like my parent i'm not afraid any longer and i'm just gonna segue for a second because this is a great opportunity to say a lot of the things that i was experiencing i explained in my first youtube video which is like quite long it's like 25 minutes or something and so many wonderful people replied and commented on that video and shared their experience and their empathy with me and like gave me so much understanding and i understood even my situation better because of what they were explaining about theirs that like I now have a term for what doorbell dread is and I didn't when I was growing up I didn't understand that that was an issue like you don't understand that when you're being conditioned to think a certain way and give excuses to all of your friends as to why they have never seen your house ever and however long they've known you you don't understand that that's actually a, like a problem um and so I'm so glad now that these people have re responded and replied to me in these comments and kind of shed a light on so many issues that I was like, that's not a, that's not an issue, is it? Like, that's not a problem, is it? Like, I'm fine. It's, I can get through that. You know, you know what I mean? I am so appreciative that you shared that with us. So thank you. <laughs> oh my God. And also it's kind of a perfect segue because I wanted to talk about um, how sharing our stories with other people, just with strangers is not only like, we're not only being of service to them, but I, I receive so much mm. by, by doing this every week. I, I learn so much about myself by getting to talk to you, by getting, you know, responses from other people about feedback of what they, what they think of their experiences. And wow. it's really, really beautiful because you know, I think one of the hardest things about going through anything is the idea that you feel of like you feel very alone in your experience. Right. And I know for me, one of my biggest things for getting stepping into Al Anon rooms was 
I was like, no one's going to understand. I'm having this incredibly unique experience and no one else understands, which is like an insane thing because there were so many, so many other people are having the same experience. And that was such a, a calming realization for me to find out was that I indeed wasn't alone and there was this incredible support system. So I think that what you're doing by being so vulnerable with this community of people you've created, you're really sharing your personal vulnerable story. And it's so great that you can be of service to them, but they can also bring so much back to you. Like how beautiful is that? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, I love that. In doing all the emotional work, through letting the trauma of growing up with a hoarder parent go, I started to realize all of these little things that I thought was normal, that actually my boyfriend, my significant other pointed out to me was not normal. It wasn't like a healthy, like- Like what? Okay, so one of them, um, one of them, I'm just gonna talk about the doorbell dread, basically where people you hear sounds outside of your apartment and i'm not living in my hoarder home now like i haven't lived in there for 10 years and even still i'm in this like lovely home that i take really good care of and if i hear people outside my door making noise i pretend i'm not home and i basically hide in the house and try and make it seem like you know i'll tell josh josh be quiet like there are people outside and he's like what who cares like this is our house i'm like oh you're right those, these like little things are even um, like taking the trash out. I get a little nervous that I'll be seen taking garbage out of the house, but everyone does that. Like everyone has to take the trash out and put it outside. Like that's how you, it's like weird little tiny things that make me so nervous that I think um, years after years, it'll get less and less like painful yeah. to do but you know I think it's it's such a good reminder for all of us that there's always more work to be done no matter what you know yes that these events that have occurred in our lives um they're lifelong they're life it's like a lifelong lesson and it requires yes. lifelong work you know yeah um, I even like I love that you said work because I understand what you mean when you say that But now like a a thought just came to me that it's like such a wonderful way to just expand. Like I'm expanding more and more my mind, my spirit, like I'm taking up more space unapologetically and I'm learning about myself more and you more and everyone else in this world more. Like that's, it doesn't have to be like this really difficult, grueling thing of like going to a therapist and talking about your soul and crying. It's like, it can also feel the healing can also come with ease. It doesn't just have to be work. Yeah, I think that's so, I love that because, you know, I think that healing, healing has so many phases, right? Yeah. Like yeah, I know that's a, great me, point. a lot of my healing at first felt like work because it was just so emotionally like intense Oh, right. The like relief that I feel now and the tools that I've learned to kind of help me move through those emotions are yeah. just invaluable. And I would, I would choose this life again and again and again, you know, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's such a beautiful thing. I think that, you know, I am, I am so thankful for 
this life. It has been such a gift and I've learned so much. And no matter how painful the experiences that maybe you and I have been through and others, I think that those experiences have added so much, um, I don't want to say value because that's not the word, but have added so much for me to learn and overcome. And now I get to share it with other people and learn about these shared experiences. And I'm very thankful for that aspect of this healing journey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I I love that you said that because um, while you were speaking so honestly and openly just now, I realized that everything that you have gone through has led you to me and everything that I've gone through has led me to you and you to Sierra and creating the community of detached and me to my YouTube and like creating that community. And it's such a wonderful blessing that can come out of momentary pain. It's like connections that last a lifetime. I love that. I'm going to cry. Oh no, don't cry. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I really, I appreciate that a lot. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be on this journey with you and to share this time with you. And I'm just so proud of you of what you're doing with Detached with Sierra. And just keep going, girl. Oh my God. You too. And we're going to link all of Gayla's socials so you guys can check her out because I just have YouTube. Don't follow me anywhere else. (laughs) Just (laughs) YouTube. Follow her anywhere else. (laughs) Um, But we will link her YouTube. And uh, I'm very thankful and appreciative and love you so much. And I love you for for joining me this week. It was so special. Thank you for having me. I will join you anywhere in the world, honey. Oh, same. I'll follow you to the end of the world. Ah! (laughs) Yes. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.